Andiamo! All right, let's go. Boys, Turin Giants podcast, episode number 157. It is your boy, Sam Adamo, coming at you. I am, of course, not Farhad. Uh, listeners are wondering, what's going on? What the hell is this? Where is he? Um, he is not... Farhad is not, uh, he is not held, uh, he's not being held hostage anywhere. He's, uh, he's sitting this one out. He's, uh, he's actually going to be taking a little bit of a break uh, in the coming months to focus on the Turin Giants brand. Um, and as a result, we've got a new third wheel to join us this week. And we've got a lot to talk about. It's a fantastic week and uh, a lot to, a lot to break down. So why don't we get into it? Uh, Giovanni, how are you? I'm joined by uh, Giovanni in Chicago, whose last name shall remain uh completely off off the grid per usual yeah happy new year doing good um yeah just lots to talk about um happy to see everybody and happy that football is back happy new year man happy uh happy holidays merry christmas to you all and uh joining us for the first time in a very long time now now i gotta say if you've been listening to this podcast for a really long time you'll recognize this guy you'll 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 know who this is but I think it's safe to say it'd be pretty impressive if you did. Uh, what did you say? You were on the first 10, 15 episodes. It is Matt Cocoluto joining us from Boston, uh, an OG of the podcast. Matt, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so for those who don't know me, which probably is most of the people who listen to this podcast now, um, I, I was part of the original crew that started this with Farhad way back in the day. So that was like 2014, 2015. Um, yeah. So probably like the first 10, 15 episodes I, I think I was on, but yeah, it's been a really long time. So I'm excited to be back. I hope I don't chase away your listeners. Cause will be like, who's this guy? Who's this hack that you guys brought in? But uh, no, really excited to be here with you guys. Well, I mean, we, they, we, we already lost Rob and brought me in to replace him. So that was already a huge downgrade. And now we've got, now we've got like, we, we, we've, we've got Farhad who's been the one constant the entire time that this thing has been going and, uh, and he's gone now too. So uh, let's, let, let's, uh, let's hope that we haven't temporarily, lost. Temporarily, Tem- temporarily, gone. temporarily, a little he's asterisk. He's taking a break. He's also, he's, and he's also going to be back on off and on right now. He's mostly busy with work. Cause it's, it's if you guys have not been in like, a, you know, a cave for the past 12 months, we're in a pandemic and so just um yeah so he's just busy and um he's gonna be back occasionally but we want to make sure that we kind of get mats and reps during these podcasts so we're happy to have him definitely so so while, while farhad is uh, on the front lines yeah so 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 farhad so farhad actually works in an in, in an industry in an industry that is very closely tied to covid so we'll uh We'll, 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 we'll let him, we'll let him be a hero for a few months while, uh, while we, while we, uh, while we just shoot this okay. and, uh, yes. and, inter- and interrupt each other on this pod. So w- what a great week before we get into it, uh, listeners get at us on all platforms. I am at Caltro podcast. Uh, Giovanni is at Joe Turin giants. Matt, are you on Twitter? I am. I'm at Matt Coco. That's the first half of my last name. Beautiful. That's all one word. Wow. I'm How many C's in Coco? So it's C-O-C-C-O. There you go. So it's the Italian spelling of co- coconut. <laughs> there we go. Uh, <laughs> by the way, how, how long? So, so just just a, a little refresher. How long have you been supporting uh, Juve? Just you know, let, let's go off the assumption that a lot of people that are tuning in now have not been tuning in for the past eight years and uh, and are not familiar with your with your body of work. 
um, talking about I Bianconeri. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've, I say that I'm a, I've been a fan my whole life. Uh, my grandfather was a fan. He's from Italy originally. And then my dad was a fan. So like, I kind of grew up in a, in a Juve household, but uh, the, like the first time I can really remember becoming a fan was, it was around late in the late nineties when my grandfather like brought me my first Jersey. It was a Del Piero Jersey. And that kind of just like, Oh, this is so cool. And then I started watching the games and, and yeah, so that, that really like 98, I think was kind of the first season I remember at least tuning into a few games here and there. Um, obviously it was harder to watch, watch it back then, but yeah, so that, that's been sort of my path to, to fandom. That's awesome. Uh, at Turin Giants on Instagram, at Turin Giants podcast on Instagram for the podcast specific page. Uh, you could follow Farhad, who is the admin of uh, our Twitter handle at UVet Podcast. That uh, handle is still has still remained unchanged. You could also follow at Turin Giants on Twitter for updates about the apparel brand TurinGiants.com. Check it out. Some beautiful, uh, some beautiful merch, which uh, I am. Uh, I am very proud to say I own a couple of pieces of. I encourage you to go check it out as well if you are a big fan of Juve. Uh, so why don't we get into the action now? It was a great week. Uh, a 4-1 win at Udinese. Last week we were recording this podcast on Friday, January 8th. It'll be dropping late tonight uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the United States, um, early, early morning in Europe. Um, and we had a massive game in midweek against Milan, who were the one undefeated team in Serie A, as we had uh, dropped uh, dropped the ball uh, at the end of the summer against Fiorentina. That's an understatement. Didn't we get, yeah, didn't we get our asses kicked uh, against Fiorentina after Dinese? Dude. No, 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 you're, 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 you're getting, you're getting oh, your... Oh, is that wrong? You're, I mean, there, there I apologize. Have been, there have been after so many, a year of this BS, all the days seem to be the same. So. There have been, yeah, there have been, been the a lot longest, of, longest month ever, so... No, there have been a lot of games yes, in the last yeah. week. There have, been a lot, there have been a lot of games the last week. Three, three, three matches in eight days for Juve, in fact. Uh, so, you, you know, you, you can be forgiven for getting that confused. But no, the Fiorentina, the, the terrible Fiorentina result, which which will, I think we'll, 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 we'll kind of just leave, leave, in, leave in the rearview mirror, uh, was just before Christmas. And, uh, of course, that left Milan as the only undefeated team in the league. They've been very dangerous this year. I don't know. The thing with Milan is they've always, for me, the past couple of years, whenever they've had hot stretches, they've been super they, they've been super good for a, for a, for a garbage a garbage stretch that would just totally pull them out of um, you know the top four contention race or the title contention race and that hasn't happened this year they look genuinely dangerous it doesn't feel like their their transfers have just been you know kind of rolls of the dice as they were a few years ago they actually look to be a lot more strategic and I was actually scared uh, about the wheels coming off this game but they didn't uh, what a game Giovanni your thoughts on the game we'll go to you first I mean, um, it was a good game, and to me, it's a game that holds significance. You know, we we talk a lot about like uh, victories that come more than the three points uh, that you get. This was one of them um, because again, it came off the heels of um, the the performance against Fiorentina. Right, we had the Udinese game, and that was fine. But uh, going against Milan. Who, which, if you know, just to remind the rest of the listeners, was the team that beat the shit out of us last year, 4-2, and literally just started this downward spiral of mediocrity for Juventus. To me, I, was, I had circled this game in the calendar last year because this was, this was always going to be the game that had the most significance, right? And psychologically, for the squad to come back and kick 
kick Milan's, you know, ass is it, it just it's it's worth it. And it was a very dominating performance, right? It was it was a great game to watch for even neutral fans. So but, exciting. Um, you know, it showed we 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 got a lot of positive things from it. We we were able to get a win without needing Cristiano Ronaldo, which you know now I think it's maybe as <clears throat> you know that's two mediocre performances you know, close together, together, you know, especially with the Fiorentina one. Um, but Dybala, with two assists, showed that he's starting to maybe move in the right direction. Chiesa established himself, I think. And we're just seeing just more security and and and, and the team just being more sure of itself, right? And, and we're, we're asking for consistency and we're asking for performances in big games. And... We've seen it with uh, Barcelona. We've seen it with um, with uh, Milan. Now we just we just need to maybe up that consistency, right? Uh, we can't have games like the Fiorentina game. We can't have games like the Atalanta game. Definitely, and let, let's not forget Udinese also beat us last year in the month of July, I believe. So we had two games back to back to start off the year against guys who had our number um, just a few months ago. Again. The Milan game was obviously a way bigger uh, match that was kind of looming in the distance for quite some time, as you alluded to. You circled it on the calendar. I did too. I think a lot of UF fans did. But these were games that, you know, weren't necessarily gimmies. And, you know, so far to start the year in two matches, we've outscored our opponents seven to two, seven goals, two games. That's mm-hmm. great. Fantastic. Matt, what's your take? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it. it really is, I think, to me, this is the marquee game so far for Pirlo. I mean, the Barcelona game was obviously extremely important and, and it was amazing to see them win three, nothing against Barcelona, but just looking at the performances in the league so far, they haven't had a big win against one of the top teams and to come into coming into this game with Fiorentina still in the mind, even though there was the Udinese win, um, you, you still have that kind of mental is either going to have the consistency, like we've, like you said, Giovanni, where they haven't had a string of really good performances back to back to back. So coming in, coming into that Milan team, that's been playing extremely well. Um, I, I was a little bit concerned. I mean, this was the first time that, that I think, you know, if you, if they lose, what does that mean for the rest of the season? Is the title race over? Maybe, maybe not, but it would probably, but the fact that they come in and now they go in and they dominate, except for maybe like the 20 minutes right before the end of the half where Milan ended up tying up. That was a Juve performance that we haven't really seen this year. And I'm so excited that, that we're coming into the, out of the break now with two, back-to-back big wing wins. I was I was going to go to you, Matt, uh, to ask about what you thought of Chiesa's performance, not just in this game, but the fact that he's got three and two now. Uh, and and Giovanni, I want your take on this as well, because you know what you know what really hit me during this game? When I saw him, first of all, when I saw him score that second goal, cut in from the right and score with his weaker left foot, I thought, holy shit, when was the last time you saw Federico Bernardeschi do something like that? He was a left footer. Um, and the reason, the reason that came into my mind, I think, is because I've had this fear since August, September, when we signed Chiesa, that although I thought he was very promising, I thought he might fizzle out and wind up not being able to kind of take that next step. Like Bernardeschi, unfortunately, hasn't been able to do. He's obviously very talented, but I've said it before. I think he's, he's a bit of a mental midget or has become one. I think the pressure has been a lot for him. Uh, and, and he hasn't been able to step up. He hasn't been able to take that, that you know, to to, to, to kind of to kind of um, just 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 acknowledge that he's he's got he's got big enough balls to be in the team and as a result, he's kind of shriveled up. He's never really dominated matches, right? The most dominating match that he's had for us remains that Atletico Madrid game 
which was what two years ago. Um, yep. You know, and so again, right, right, uh, right winger, twenty-three years old who joined us from Fiorentina um, for forty million, and now Federico Chiesa, who's and by the way, same same fucking name, right? So Federico Chiesa, who joined us from Fiorentina, twenty-three years old as a right winger. Uh, you know, very similar. I don't know. It was very low hanging fruit, but um, I was afraid that he would kind of follow along in his path. But my God, he's really, he's really proven to be useful this year. And again, it's easy to say because he scored two goals, but you can't deny guys that he's, he's looked Juve material. Mm -hmm. 100% agree with that. I mean, going into the season, he was one of the signings. I think that most Juve fans were, concerned about or questioning they spent on they, they, the price tag on him is high for someone who's never played for a, a top side and you kind of wonder is he going to do what what Bernadeschi did where he, the the pressure of playing in the top games playing in the Champions League what's that going to take for take what type of toll is that going to take on a young man like him and he's really has shined I think that the it's almost the reverse factor where he had to be the guy at Fiorentina he was expected to do so much there. And at Juve, he's not. And he, I think he's just able to kind of go out and play his game and do what he Even wants. Even better. He, he's, yeah. he's more prolific. He has been more prolific so far than, than at Fiorentina, where, again, he was pretty consistent for a couple of years. But I think he might be on pace again. My 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 my, uh, my analytics here, just off the top of my head, I think he's on pace for more goals than he's been averaging the past couple of years. Um, Giovanni, yes. he also made – Joe, he, 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 and he made, he made Teo Hernandez, who's one of the best left backs in the world right now, look stupid. On that first goal, especially. Um, yes, uh, it, was a, it was a very dominating performance from from Chiesa, and I'm 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 liking the fact that he's coming into his own, and that Pirlo is making him take take some risks, and, and well, not I guess take some risks, but like he's giving him that added uh, responsibility, right? He's a big boy now. You want to come to Juventus, all good, right? We're not going to put. Too much pressure on you, but we're going to put enough pressure on you because enough pressure will turn, you know, uh, you know, carbon into diamonds. And so here we go. Like we, we were looking for those future champions. There is the possibility that Keza might be one. So it's, it's, it's good to see. I'm, I'm liking his development. I think mentally he's been... He's been strong. And again, I want to see consistency. That's the hardest part. That is the hardest part. With a young team. And I think that's the hardest part in general, right? What's the what's the key to really dominating teams? It's consistency in multiple traits of what leads to victory, right? Uh, for the American listeners or people that are familiar with American football, if you have a quarterback and a good defense, and you're consistent in those uh, in those performances, chances are you're going to go far, right? Matt, you're from, you know, New England, before the Massachusetts, so you're a Patriots yeah. fan, I'm assuming. Yeah. Of course, so yeah. So you, you know the secret formula to winning, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Then that's where this, towards the middle and end of 2020, right, this is where there's been... This what's been Juventus's issue: lack of consistency. Because you have consistency in being serious and not having, you know, mental distractions. All of a sudden, you're not getting um, a tie against Verona, against Crotone, against God. I mean, I forget. 
And, and I just, let me just take those two games, right? Yeah. Which we can all remember, we should have won. And there, there have been, and there, and there have been more than two games against and then, and then Feller Dweller. All of a sudden, and all of a sudden, you are one point from number one. You're not seven, you know, seven points with one game in hand. You're one point away. Mm-hmm. So, again, we're not out of it, but we did not help ourselves. So maybe 2021... We found that consistency. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, th- there, there's, there's, there's a little asterisk for me in this game, which is that Milan had a lot of guys out with, um, with, with COVID. But, hey, you know, that's but, but, but they, you, you, you hang on. I was gonna say you can only no do this. For, no, well, well, just, just, just show, it should be noted. The, their, their midfield was the. I, but we I, still I, no way because excuse me, like it's everybody's got to deal with that now. All of a sudden we've got Matthias. Look, it is well. That, that's is. that's what I was it's going to get to. Yeah. And to me, I think I saw a good Milan, and I think Milan, which is a team that's not built for the Scudetto, is going to either win it or they're going to come second. And I'll tell you this. And I say that to... Do you really think so? Yeah, and I'm calling out Milan, and no, sorry, and I'm calling out Inter and Napoli, who pumped money to become uh, and to get rosters for the Scudetto. And they're going to fall short. And they're going to fall short to a team made out of kids. And that's that's kudos to, number one, Pioli, number two, Maldini. So, Zlatan and Zlatan, the other big man. <laughs> there are a bunch uh, of sure. there are a bunch of kids and their father. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much right. Like, but it, it's it's true though that this team, Milan, reminds me a lot of the 2011-12 Juve, where they they're fighters and they they have found ways to get results. Whether it's these 90th minute winners and that confidence and that that ability to squeak out points when when you might lose or you might draw has been the opposite with Juve this season where uh-huh. we've dro- we have dropped points like Lazio. We've had bad performances where, you know, Benevento and the, you know, like you said, the, who, all the other cellar dwellers that we've, we've crapped out to. So a slew of them. Yeah. But, but so it sounds like Milan finally got some consistency. Yeah. They, they've had you. The secret is there. I've said it on I've said it on my pod. They've had Juve energy about them, at least Juve energy of recent years about them, where they'll edge out wins. You know, they'll edge them out. There are some there are some games that'll tip in their favor, because ultimately, you know, it's not luck. If it happens again and again and again, it's because it's because you're creating chances. With the odds in your favor, it'll happen more often than not. There are there are cases where clearly you're watching a team and you know your eyes are your eyes aren't 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 defying you, right? You you know that a team is unlucky, but overall, you know. Generally, shit's gonna even out over time. Milan have had that little it factor where they've been where they've been edging out games. So so look, kudos, kudos to them. But should be said, we looked we looked like we were the much more experienced team, and I think our depth definitely came through. Especially especially you want to talk about COVID, especially given the fact that our two starting fullbacks were out or wingbacks. So uh, Alexandro is still out with COVID, as is Juan Cuadrado, uh, Alvaro Morata. I don't believe has COVID. He's he's got he's got a, he's got a knock. Injury. Right, yeah. he's got a knock. Yeah. He should be back for the Derby d'Italia apparently, uh, according to rumors, which is good because that's going to be which is probably, good, yes. probably the next that. huge game coming up. Um, in uh, in what I would describe as a pretty serious stretch of schedule here as we've got Sassuolo coming up tomorrow. By the time this podcast drops, I know it's a little unusual podcast. Is it Sunday? Oh, excuse me. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Well, 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 when I say tomorrow, I don't know when this, when you're listening to this podcast, but right. Saturday, Friday, a time of recording in two days. Still, 
big game. Sassuolo have had an excellent season to date. We've got Inter a week after that. There's a midweek game in, in Genoa. And there's another midweek game after that against Napoli in the Supercoppa. And then at the end of the month, to close it out, we've got Napoli in that uh, in that rescheduled game. In the repeat, yeah. So, so, um, I mean... You know, Napoli have struggled look, in recent weeks, but they're still they're still a quality side. I think Inter that's um, yeah, no, that's just um, but that's yeah, that's to me. I mean, they they spent money on that Osiman guy who he looked, and I think he's got like potential, but he's like a lot of these like these for whatever reason top French signings the past three years that were supposed to blow up, and they literally blew up like. It was crap. Like, and fucking Andrea Petagna's done better for them. Andrea Petagna's been leading their line instead of Osimen. Yeah, he's been killing I mean, it. Yeah, he's I mean, Andrea so Petagna. Pepe and like a lot of like a lot of them have been busts, and I I mean I don't know, but anyways, like look, it's um, I think what I've liked of Juventus is that they're you're starting to notice that they're getting a lot more sure of themselves and especially on the buildup of play, right? I remember watching the first, the games between September, October, November, where we eked out, you know, some victories on bad performances and we got shafted on a ton of draws, right? Which is very poor, stupid decisions. And the one thing that frustrated me, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm like, I'm like looking at two dicks trying to fuck each other, right? It's like it looks so ugly. And hey, 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 hey! This is this is 2021. This is 2021. No, 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 but, no but fucking. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like the, the act of like. What's wrong with the act? Yeah. Like, Joe, this is where this is where you this is where you hold your hands up and say, so, not that there's anything wrong with that. That's what you're supposed to say. There's nothing wrong with it exactly, but it just is that, is that it, a Seinfeld line? It doesn't work, and it's and it's ugly, right? So, and I was like, this, I don't, I like, I don't get it. Like, why aren't these people like, it's like, they look at the choices that they have of passes and then they pick the worst one, like consistently, consistently. But now it's getting better. Now I'm like, ah, the person saw that overlap and he got the ball there with pace and the, and the, and the guy that received it knew what to do and the game is flowing. And we're noticing it with the amount of chances created. And now we're seeing a lot of goals. We're starting to see that 3-0, 3-1, 4-1. You know, so that idea that Pirlo jotted down in his thesis that we all read in August, I'm starting to see it. Like I'm starting to see it as he explained it. It's starting to make sense. What well, what and what elements of the what elements of the thesis are you referring to? The fact that he's very focused on wing play, or the no. So the, if you look, there's a lot of like um, switching of, of play from side to side from and wing they to do wing. That yeah. a ton now, and they do that consistently. And the passes again. I remember there were times that they would like they couldn't hit one cross from one side of the pitch to the other. And I'm like, are you guys professionals? Or are you guys uh, catechism school football team? What's going on? Like, so, but now we've seen them just starting to flow better. And, you know, I remember Allegri. Allegri's team didn't peak till now because they were built to peak now because this is where that you've got those blocks of back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back games. Yeah? 
this is this is the perfect time. I'm very happy. I'm fingers crossed. This is and this fingers is fingers crossed. If, yeah, this is if we get if we get two more victories in a row, that's how you start building a streak. Well, so, what I was gonna say was I think this is where this is where the table could start to flip a little bit when you got games coming at you left and right, especially in this season, which is gonna be a little bit more uh, a little bit more constricted um, mm-hmm. ahead of ahead, you know ahead of the Euro. Recall normally. Um, Normally, uh, normally the season would wrap up a little bit earlier in, in order to in order to leave a couple of weeks before a European Championship or a World Cup. But we don't have that luxury this year. I think they're still intending on doing that. They're really, I think they they've got they've got a bit of an understanding that they're they may have to extend the season very you know very slightly a week or two in the event that there are more cancellations because of COVID or whatever, which luckily hasn't actually happened yet. And I think they'll wind up playing through personally. But all this to say. Very constricted schedule. Very constricted schedule, even more than usual. So that that's definitely worth noting. And I agree that they look more confident now. Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know if um, they're just you know it's 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 the Pirlo system that's eventually kind of that was always going to yield uh, success, which is you know crazy to say now considering where we where we were at two weeks ago uh, on the back of on the back of the Fiorentina loss. But uh, and for that reason, I don't think we should get too carried away with ourselves. But I've always felt that they've never really lost faith in him. I, I I think that despite the fact that it hasn't been a it hasn't been a super convincing season up until now, it hasn't felt like it hasn't felt like he's been the problem per se. There have been questions, but the players certainly have seemed to buy into whatever it is that he's spewing. Yeah, whatever I, he's selling, Matt. I, I think that there, there is some you know I don't want to say that, that we can scapegoat it, but the amount of red cards have obviously been concerning, and 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 I don't know if that's coming from the way that Pirlo manages and tells the players you know to take freedoms and to if you see an opportunity to like you know be aggressive. I don't think so. I think those are more just that, you know, these things happen and you get the red card and then you have to play down a man. And so, you know, you look at those results and you think, okay, well, you know, if we didn't get a red card against Benefanto, we didn't get one against Roma. How does the table turn then? But you know, there's definitely a confidence level. There's definitely an enjoyment level that the players seem to like, just like playing for Pirlo. I think he is a player's manager where he can not only, I mean, they all respect him. They know his credentials. They know how great he was as a player and that is probably what makes them just want to go out and do what, what he's saying because they know that he can he can walk the walk. He's a Carlo Ancelotti. Yeah. He's a Carlo Ancelotti. He's Carlo a Ancelotti was a great player, his, uh, you know? Mauricio Sarri was not. 100%. Yes. And, 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 and yeah, Sarri wasn't even a player. So right. Player. Which, which is, which so you is, have that fine, issue. But like, do you know... And, and so here's the other thing. Another anecdote, right? You have another, like, a player's coach. Like, Allegri was 1,000% a player's coach. But his issue was he was a mediocre player and he was a lazy player. And so he doesn't have that like added charisma that's and that like that force multiplier of say a of of, of an Ancelotti and a Zidane with individual high talent players, right? Kaka under Ancelotti was the best Kaka you ever saw in his career. Because before Ancelotti and after Ancelotti, Kaká did not do anything. Kaká Chelsea did not do anything. So, you know, at Zidane, Ronaldo, I mean, Real Madrid won three Champions League in a row because of Zidane gelling with Cristiano Ronaldo. That was the secret sauce to everything. What's Kaká ever at Chelsea? Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Are you thinking of of Shevchenko? I think you're thinking of Shevchenko, who did nothing. No, after. Kaka, no, yeah. Kaka went to Real Madrid, not Chelsea. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 
Yeah, but either but, way, but case yes. in point for both case in point for both players. Like, exactly. Case in point for, for either player who both played under Carletto, hundred yes. percent. I think. Yes. I think. Yeah. Carletto played the game at a high level, though. Uh, so, so did Allegri, but, so. but but Ancelotti was one of the best players in Italy. You know when he was playing. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if that really. I wonder if that does much. But I think in the. I think in the case no, of Pilo, it, it definitely does. does. Listen, Carlo Ancelotti comes into a dressing room now. Matt, do you agree? He he commands respect, but it's because he's Carlo Ancelotti, the man who's won multiple Champions Leagues. Yes. Andrea Pirlo comes into a dressing room. He commands respect because he's Andrea Pirlo, who's one of us three years ago. You know what I mean? Not at Juve three years ago, but a player. You know. Yeah. Like, and, and and one top player, the top. Yes, he's played yeah, the top. I, top. I, I think there is an argument around. Sorry, guys. Yeah. sorry, I think there is an argument to be made around like how player to manager transition is, and you know we've we've seen good players not be good managers, but there's also that the ability with someone like Pirlo, who was so methodical, who saw the game and saw everything going on. He's a thinker. You know, like you said, if you've read his book, he's he's very thoughtful. He's chill. Uh, He's chill. Yes, it's he's it's cool he, he fit. He's he's exactly from what from everything I can gather. Having never actually, that's not true. I have met the man. Actually, I have met the man. He was very chill. <laughs> Fuck me, uh, but I haven't had a long extended conversation with the man. But um, everything that you would think he is, based on how he played, he seems to espouse and ooze. Let's let's let let's spend like just two minutes just analyzing. Pretty much, like if if you look at trends over years. Right, the prototype of successful, like more more so than not, coaches, especially when you're transitioned from player to coach, it's the players that use their brain the most in in on the field, and I'm not saying just by position, but also by by talent. Didier Deschamps, one of the, just one of the most brainy midfielders of the 90s with Marseille at Juventus at Chelsea. Just a genius. Zidane, just another genius player. We're seeing, you know, Ancelotti used his brain a ton. Who who else I'm trying to think that's been really, really good. You know, you've got got so many of these that are just... Arrigo Sacchi. Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola, how could Pep I Guardiola, forget? Definitely. Arrigo Sacchi. Arrigo Sacchi was a Frank Reichardt, too. Frank Reichardt. Like, we've got guys, these are, I mean, this, you just see, you just see this trait going on. It's, I think we're in good hands. And it was a, look, it was a gamble. And again, it's still a gamble. This might, this might blow up in our faces with Pirlo. But let me tell you this. I'm, I'm, I'm just, this is my hot take and I'm throwing it down. You guys can throw it back in my face a month from now. But if we hit positive results, like pretty much a bunch of wins with maybe one or two draws, you know, between now and the Napoli game that we need to catch up and we win that game, we're winning the Scudetto. Mark my words. If we can, if we can win the games we, we can, have to win, which we haven't. Yeah, if, after this uh, like consecutively, yeah. the next few games between now and the Napoli game that we have that that we need to recoup and we win that Napoli game. Let me tell you, we're winning the Scudetto. You know what's funny? That's my that's my thing. You know it's you know it, I, I was thinking of, I'm thinking about this now. Um, I, I I was rudely interrupting you, just blurting Arigosaki, Arigosaki, but. 
he really the fact that he never played the game like at all even and like a Mourinho who played the game but never really made never really as a pro never played the game at all I mean the fact that they've had any career at all as managers with with any level of success is really odd that's so rare mm-hmm. when you think about it I'm thinking about Johan Cruyff too. even Jurgen Klopp was I mean, he was a midfielder for Mines I think for a long ass time mm-hmm. you know it, it, it makes it makes the Mourinho it makes a guy like Mourinho and a guy like Arigo Saki that much more that much more kind of out of out of left field mm-hmm. anyway we're, yeah we're, um, it's commendable I think and that's why I think Saki and Sarri kind of went along because they felt that like initial disrespect of the professionals from like that have been in football all their lives but Mourinho was in football all of his life though even though he didn't play it because he was an assistant to Van Van Gaal like ages ago didn't he he work with Pep at Barcelona like when Pep was a player Mm -hmm. toward the end I think yeah when because he was an assistant to Van Gaal Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. anyway um Look, I I have a good, I have another last takeaway here that I want to, that I want to get your guys' opinions on. We'll start with you, Matt. Um, It's about the Milan game in particular. And uh, it's, it's, it was alluded to that Cristiano Ronaldo obviously didn't have a super impactful game. Um, I got a message from a listener who reached out to me and said, what do you think? Do you think we should sell Ronaldo? Now I know that's, that's crazy, but he, he, to be clear, to be fair, he did say, hear me out. He did kind of say, hang on, hear me out. Do you really think that, uh, do you really think that after a game like today, when he did nothing and we were able to win, do you think we need him? Now, I told him no. I, I would not sell him for a, a plethora of reasons, and um, just just to name a couple of them. One, I think he, I think he's, and and least importantly, but uh, the fact that he's good for the brand and brings in a fucking ton of revenue, and as a result, is going to continue to secure the club long term. Because I think if you establish the club as being one of one of the sexiest teams on earth and i think it'll you know it'll only increase sales which allows you to be more sustainable within your own means especially in an ffp system that there's that but there's also the fact that the guy still fucking scores for fun okay we agree on that however it is true that we have been very over reliant on him at times it was good to see us dominate a game where he really only had you know a couple of really impactful plays there was a an assist he could have had on mckenney when he sent them in one-on-one it was a fantastic ball but mm-hmm. otherwise he didn't have to do much it was Dybala it was Chiesa it was Kluzevsky who stole the show Matt what, what, what do you what do you what do you think I'm not asking you if you think we should sell Ronaldo I know the answer yeah no, no. but yeah. what do you think what do you, what do you make of the fact that we won a big game without having to rely on him yeah I know that's it's, it's a great point and it's very much great to see because that's been the big concern is can Juve do it without without Ronaldo like even when he's not on the field, you know, that's probably going to be the more important question, but, you know, I'm glad we had a great game without him being, you know, the guy without having to rely on him. I think regardless, if he's not just his presence alone creates so much distraction for the defenders because they have to take pay so much more attention to him. He brings a lot of, he brings a lot of energy to to the team. He's always, always telling people to push up to be more aggressive. So even when he's not having a good game, he's still, uh, a big component to this team's success, but yeah, I am. I'm relieved that we can go out and win where he doesn't have to score goals, and we need a few more of those games because not only just to make sure that Juve can be set up to succeed when he's not available, but also just for the confidence of other players, just for other people to feel conf- to be able to to score goals when uh, 
Ronaldo doesn't have the opportunity and for maybe the potential that now defenders have to take Chiesa more seriously because look at what he did to Hernandez or look at what Dybala can do again. Now he's back to being, to being good to Bala. So, Oh crap, we have to pay more attention to him. And so now that opens up the score back to Ronaldo, back, the opportunity mm-hmm. back to Ronaldo to score. Well, it's, there, there's depth, you know, and Morata didn't even play in this game and he's been our best striker this year, probably. Exactly. So, yeah. So, um, that 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 is that is encouraging. I will say though, when when everyone's firing on all cylinders, when Dybala is playing like Dybala should, it, it definitely makes you feel like okay, this is Juve, this is Juve. We've got a lot of options. And here's the other thing to consider too, which I think this is where I think this is might be our secret weapon. If you got all these guys that are top players, all individually by themselves, Ronaldo, Morata, Dybala, Kulusevski, Chiesa. And I would even put McKenny there because he's just been like going nuts. If you got all these guys firing on all cylinders at the same time, you don't have to pump them in all together. You got options. And that's what's scary. And that's what wins you big games. And that's what wins you doubles in the season. And that's what potentially wins you Champions League. Mm-hmm. And because let's say, God forbid, you go against a... I don't know, Champions League game. We 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 go we go to Porto and they park the bus and Ronaldo is trying and trying and trying and trying and trying and Dybala and Dybala goes in. You put Morata in, you put a Kulusevski in, they kill it. Because you've just you 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 you've worn down a, a defense that can't that can't like resist for 90 minutes. And this is what's the best. Like a lot of people like look at the lineup that we have and they go into video game mode and they're like, how can I jam all of these dudes together so I can, you know, so I can get my rocks off on 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 the on, on like winning 10-0. That's that's video games. And that's also not Juve, right? We like what I love about the team is that we have so much flexibility and variability in options, it's fantastic. And we, we, we spent some time talking about the forwards. I wanna talk a little bit about the defense. The defense has been like, all of a sudden, like invention of 2020, Danilo at center back. Who, who would have thought? All'improvviso, all'improvviso, boh, okay. Up, up <laughs> One of those. September, up until September, we were like, why do we have this scrub on our team? God damn it. God damn it. And then all of a sudden, he's been the most consistent defender together with Delict and Quadrado, right? It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. He's like this hybrid, modern, right back, center back, left back. I, he's, he's, he's been great. Danilo's been great. My biggest concern Great. is, yeah, no, no, go, go, go on, go on, Matt. But, but before, well, I, before I shit on everything, before I just shit on the parade. No, no, no. I, I just, like, I agree on, on the impact that Danilo's had. And it's been the biggest revelation of this season for me is that he can, com- he can compete day, week in and week out as a top defender for this team, which last season I, I was within the camp too of why did we bring this guy? I mean, I got understood. We needed some, we need basically a patchwork. Like, okay, who's available. We're going to get rid of Cancelo. Okay. Give us Danilo. Like, We'll throw him in there. I think the issue was that we didn't have to get rid of Cancelo. He had resale value. Oh, my Lord. Oh, but, my Lord. No. I refuse to go down this road. Like, Cancelo exciting. needed to go. 
Cancel Why? Why? He was a fan favorite. Because, he was a very excited no, player. No, you forward. can't look. You, he, he was playing at Inter, and we noticed that he was good going forward, but he was trash in defense. And that stuff doesn't work with, 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 with a lady. And I'll let you even try to give you enough shots to prove yourself, and he'll even be helpful in trying to teach you how to get better. But Cancel, like, Cancel wasn't worth the, 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 the liability that he posed. A lot of different the problem things. Was that, but the problem was that when we got Danilo, we got this broken Danilo that he, I don't think he even knew what, what position he was or like. So, I, I man, I just, kudos to Pirbo. If anything, if anything, he breathed life into Danilo. And so, you know, kudos, kudos, kudos to him for noticing that he was a flexible player. I mean, let's not forget he played as a midfielder sometimes at Real Madrid. So if you played, if you played as a if you played as a center defensive midfielder, it's not that much of a stretch if you've already played in a back line to just shift into a center back role. So, and, he, yeah, and he was also was center stupid. back at City a few times. And actually, there was if you look at up to data for I think he played three to four games at City in that position, and that's where he was rated the best. Really? Oh, right. Go figure, yes. Do you have anything like, else you wanted to touch on, facts. Matt? You, I, I kind of cut you off as you were talking about Danilo by bringing in Cancelo into the conversation. I'm sorry, that yeah, was but, an inflammatory uh, comment. But, uh, no, 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 sorry. I, I didn't think I would, I would hit such a nerve with Cancelo being mentioned. But no, um, you know, with Danilo, he does bring he, – he seems, like I said, he's been very reliable on the defensive front, which has been something that we, you know, we didn't know we were going to get out of him. And he does bring in that ability to make those runs forward and and uh, bring a presence in the attack, even though he hasn't been he hasn't scored a lot of goals. Just the fact that he's willing to make a run forward is is an interesting aspect to have from your defender. And I do want to call out the foul he got called on in the 70th minute or whatever was complete and utter crap. It was a perfect tackle, and uh, it was a it was a great great stop on a basically it was him and Hernandez on him one on one, and he did a great stop. And he got a foul called against him, which shouldn't have been. But like that was just a marquee moment for me in that game. I'm like, wow, you know, it yeah. came up huge. Yeah, and for what it's worth, I also felt that Rabiot was fouled on by Chanelnoglu on the, on the uh, one thousand percent. I've smoked 1, many a player. I've smoked many a player like that from behind shoulder. You know, shoulder to shoulder. I think you could probably get away with it, but he came in through the back. You can't do that. He I don't was, know how and, it didn't yeah. get reviewed. And but if it did, if it did, but if but if if that Calabria goal got overturned and we won three nil instead of three one. Milan fans would have had a fucking field day. They've had more penalties than anyone else in the league this year. Not that it's been due to favoritism, but I mean, it's not. It's not like they've been eating shit all year. They've. they've I think they've. I, I don't think it was an unfairly officiated game. I think it was a good game overall, man. It was exciting. There were chances both ways. Tech had to make a couple of really good saves. Milan were terrible, but I mean, let's be honest. Like, like besides besides their one goal, I mean, every every everything that they sent that at 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 Chesney was 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 manageable you know um yeah i don't know i i i i don't even i don't even think i think i think three one was listen, I'll, t- I'll take i'll take the one i'll take the three goals but that that, that one goal for me sh- never should have stood no fucking way joe uh joe matt you seem to agree with me both of you yes 100%. my nuts no no you're not and and even no. the espn fc guys i believe i think gabmark uh I forget who was one of the guys was just like going crazy. Like that's the foul. He took him out from the hip. Like they can't, it's not shoulder to shoulder. It's absolutely plows right through him, takes him out. And then you go on the attack and you score. Yeah. That should have been brought back. 
I, you know what? I'm glad that we won three one, and that the Milan fans cannot just sit there and be like, "Oh, well, if they, you know, that, they they didn't call that back." So you know what? They the biggest it. complaint of the Milan fans is obviously not the goal that they got by with that foul, but the lack of penalty on the two one uh, against I forgot what the guy's name, Brahim Diaz or yeah. oh, was that the Rabio when Rabio took him up? Was that one? Yeah, yeah. Or ben, Bentancur, I think. Oh, fuck this was towards the end of the match. Yeah. Hold on. So we talked about the Fords. We talked about the, the well, Danilo of the defenders. You're gonna talk about Rodrigo, aren't you? Because I was gonna fucking go there. I was gonna. I was gonna talk the about parade. the midfield in, in oh, general. But you know, on defense, you know, obviously honorable mention, the leaked Bonucci. Please learn how to defend at some point in your career. And Quadrado, just again, he's to me the the added playmaker that that. On the team, I actually think but we'll do. I actually field, think we'll continue to do well without Quadrado, but I do. I I, 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 think, I think we'll be a little less chaotic down the flank. I think Chiesa is a little bit. He holds the ball a little bit better. I think he's Quadrado is still gonna have a starting spot on this team. Yeah, I, I had a I had a Chiesa. He will. He's just he's. Just, but but they will they will switch because there's a lot of turnover and you've got COVID and the type of. Um, wing work that Pirlo requires it just takes it out of you so for sure for sure but Quadrado there's nobody can tell nobody Look. can say that he's not been one of the most influential players on Juventus this season it's so, more the fact that like I, I watch him play and he just looks terrible sometimes I don't to my know naked what, I, I, what games are you watching just to my what naked eye, he just he just looks like a he just looks like a clumsy motherfucker. Like a lot a lot of the time. Again, I, it's weird. I know the stats don't lie; they are what they are. But like, I have 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 most Juve fans tell you what they think of him, and they'll say, I don't know. I, I wouldn't put that much trust in him. I, for that reason, I'll, I'll chalk. Can him we can we put actually? Do you 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 Gen Z? So I feel you will be savvy with like. Polls. Can you put a poll on on the Twitter page so we can gauge people's opinion? Farhad's, Farhad's, yeah, Farhad's gonna do that. We got fucking one. Okay, 000, please. 000 I'm, ki- I'm curious because we this we gotta put this to rest. We have to put it to rest once and for all because we can't have this once an episode. I'm tired. All right, so fine. I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to be right. I'm happy. I'm happy when he does well. I just then it will be a painless defeat. Good. Great, fantastic. But anyways, but the midfield to me has been obviously like the one position where we, it's just, just if you look at the roster, it's been just okay, right? The most consistent player has been consistent and surprising, been McKenny. Mr. President. The second most. The, the my president, yeah. Hashtag, yes, yes, my president. Has been Ramsey, I think. Ramsey has been and very consistent, Yes. And then you have the the you know Rabio maybe an additional honorable mention, but otherwise between R two Bentancur and Rabio they've they've just not been consistent, and you just need one of them to step it up, and and more and and I think it's more of a sore spot with Bentancur because last year he was so dominating that you expected him to have a repeat performance and come into his own. So he took a step back. So yeah. yeah, he's definitely been disappointing to me. You know. So what do you what do you guys what do you guys make of the fact that we've been playing with the two pivot midfielders where they have to do a little bit more? Because again, it, it, it's fantastic. If if we win games, you know, I'll be happy. 
um, no matter no matter what shape we play. And we discussed this earlier on in the season a lot. Uh, it's very fluid, you know. Sometimes Danilo will assume a right back role, and then we'll, he'll 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 tuck in, and we'll play with three center halves. Um, you know, we we have, however, always pretty much run with two pivots in midfield, which I think leaves a lot of pressure on them. It's supposed to, if you had one guy who's meant to distribute the ball a little bit more and two guys to cover him, one that kind of chips in a little more up front and one guy that kind of runs the flank, not the flank, excuse me, but runs, runs the fucking third, third of the pitch box to box style. I think if you have, if you have that going on, I think it alleviates pressure of off a guy like Bentancur. And I suspect that a big reason why he struggled a little bit is because he's had just more he's had to bear more of the more of the brunt of work in midfield that's that's what i think but what do you guys think i, I do you guys have any working theories that's mine i uh i'm because I'm, 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 I'm still not sure i'm convinced again optimistic based on how we've done this week but i'm not sure that until we get a a, a couple of good results here in the coming weeks against big opposition i, I don't know that i'm going to be totally convinced i need to see more what what's what's your overall opinion matt matt we'll, we'll we'll go to you on the mid yeah that's a, it's a great point you bring up about Bentancur because going into the season he was when we had this cluttered midfield of who's going to start Bentancur was the only person i thought was guaranteed to start I mean, most people most people agreed most people agreed with you yeah after last season he was phenomenal he he really took the next step i was like okay he's the guaranteed starter and we haven't seen it this season we've seen him struggle we've seen him make mistakes make bad decisions bad tackles bad tackles at times yeah really chat and he's always at a threat of of getting two of getting two yellows like it's it's crazy now and and he close to it this against milan again yep yep probably should have but uh you know i think that you bring up a great point and that maybe something i haven't even thought about either a lot of people on is that with this new system with the more free-flowing football that they're playing he is being asked to shoulder a little more of the effort and energy in the back than probably last year under sorry and that could be taking a toll on his uh, his productivity. The midfield, as it in general, I it's it is still up in the air for me. Of like, what is our best midfield? What's our best combination? Like I like I said, McKenney has been the surprise and probably the best, and that makes me so happy as an American watching the first American at Juve just succeed. Like it just it makes it makes it just swells me with pride. Um, He's definitely not Alexi Lalas. So <laughs> thank God. And it's not like a marketing signing. It's not like, oh, we want to get the yeah, American marketing. He's good. He's good. He's so very good. He's, he's, he's very a workhorse good. and he's scoring goals. Like, that's all. That's great. He's confident. I like him. Uh, good for I him. love the swag. I mean, do you follow him on Instagram? Like, he just seems like he's having a blast. Like, he just always has a big smile on his face. Like, just. Oh, nice. Can't like believe live your best life. Live yeah. your can't best believe he's life, there. young guy. Live you your can't best believe life. he's playing with Ronaldo and being coached by yeah. Gibbs. And plus, he's a, he's a young I mean, here's the thing. I'm actually glad that he came during COVID because if he was allowed to roam around Italy as a young footballer, like if I if I were him at 22, a little extra cash in my pocket, good looking, fit, beautiful Italian women, yeah, child. <laughs> yeah, I would be wait, yeah, not focusing on the yeah, training at all. You you you, you would have pulled you would have pulled. Okay, I'm gonna. This, this is a little fringe reference for my listeners over from the cultural podcast. Excuse me, from the cultural podcast. Almost fucked that up there. The we are the cultural podcast. Uh, you would have pulled a Fiore Maggio. You would have pulled a Fiore. Fiore was one of my coaches growing up. He was a good goalkeeper, very good goalkeeper. He was five foot eight. He was an incredible goalkeeper, though. Went to play for 
I think a city of D side one summer. And he says, as the story goes, he, he pissed it all away because one summer he met a woman and he, he, he bought a convertible and he went up the coast. Not clear what coast he's referring to, but he abandoned football. He abandoned, I think he was playing with Campo Basso uh, in like Serie D or Serie C, and he went up the coast, and that was it. He was 18, and he went up the coast. That would have been you, Joe. No, not, no, definitely would not have like gone up the coast. I would have still played football and just tried to, you know, enjoy myself. Kind of like Ronaldinho. You know, you know. Kind of like Ronaldinho. He, he played football, but he, but he, enjoy, but he enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, he's like no, McKinney's good. I'm I'm happy. It's a good signing, but that's where that's where you're gonna see problems. I think you know unless um, unless you start getting better, more consistent performances from Artur and Bentancourt and Rabiot. Most frustrating is that you've seen it, but it's sporadic. So everybody, let's start connecting all these dots together so that we can you know, sleep better at night knowing that we're not going to take a slump, you know? And, and and look, yeah, no, mm -hmm. go on, go on. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to, just going to add like the whole two pivot thing. I get where you have some of your issues with that, but I think it works fine because of the lack of consistent, good midfield play. We've been lucky with the fact that you have Bonucci that is an added playmaker. And, well, at least, no, let me say added, you know, additional foot in that midfield because he pushes up a lot. And you have Quadrato that's been, again, a, a very good playmaker on, on the side. So you really haven't needed the midfielders to step up, right? So the, all they're doing is just covering the midfield. Yeah. Side to sideline to sideline. You know, it's it's not fun to watch. Takes them out of build-up play, but they're not built for build-up play. You know what I mean? I think I think a lot of it though stems from the fact that we have so many attacking players now. Excuse me, uh, wide attacking players now that that Birlo has to kind of almost ram into the system. Um, we we we've seen Kuluzewski and Chiesa both start on the right-hand side before. You know, with with, with Morata up front down the middle and and Cristiano Ronaldo flanking him to the left. We've seen that before. I believe I believe we have. We've seen, you know, Cuadrado and 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 Chiesa. We've seen Kulusevski and Chiesa. That's a very it's a very attacking tandem there where Chiesa is, you know, he's theoretically having to cover he's theoretically having to cover the some of the more defensive duties that a right wing back might have to. Um and I, again, if if you if you just roll with if you just kind of if you just roll with with a traditional fullback and and we'll add the Chiesa roll into into midfield, I think I just think there's a little bit more coverage, which is what we're lacking when we do play with two pivot midfielders. I do say that, but like, look, Ramsey Ramsey plays centrally. Let, let's 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 be let's be clear. Ramsey played as you know he was listed as having played as a you know as a left as a left midfielder uh, in a four four two essentially. But we we know if you look at if you look at the players, you know that you know Chiesa is gonna push up a whole lot further up with Ronaldo and Dybala and they'll probably be like the three, you know, the front three trident. And you know that Ramsey hovers a little bit more and he doesn't hug the left flank. It's not, you know, there's a difference between what you see on paper and what you see in practice. So I, I will acknowledge that. I just think that I've observed sometimes that when we have more attacking wide guys in, then it, it you know, and then I think the midfielders have more of a brunt to shoulder, if that makes sense. Um, but anyway, any, any, any opinions on that? No, I, I think I, I was saying, yeah, like I agree with that 100%. And the fact that, you know, we still haven't seen 
we, we, we know what everyone is capable of doing. We've seen them all perform high, at a high level in some games. Like you said, the consistency hasn't been there. And I think for Pirlo, too, it's still going to be a, a – he likes to experiment with which combination. So, yeah, right now we're seeing more Rabiot and Benton Kerr together. But, you know, we've seen the success of having Artur and Rabiot next to each other with McKenney in front of him, being able, him allowing him to push up more. And I think originally when McKenney came on, I thought the idea was that he would actually help out more in the defense. And I think we're seeing the best of McKenney is when he actually pushes forward and goes into the attack. So I, I don't even know if that was planned, but it's really been working out well for, for the team and for McKenney to really just allow him to r- make those long runs go forward. And like you said earlier, the, the pass from Ronaldo that, that he, I mean, he should have buried it. It was a beautiful pass and McKenney did a good enough job to get it on his feet, just couldn't score. Um, but he's getting those opportunities because he's, he's being allowed to push up forward. And that's that, like you said, though, that does create that vacuum in the back. That now he's the be. only guy, yeah. He's, he's the only guy with the legs and the and the lungs to to be able to do that consistently. And you know, and which is odd because well, hold on, let me let me rephrase that. He's not the only one. Rabiot can do it. He's for whatever reason he's just like he's just not been too too consistent with it. But honestly, out of I, I, as you said, I think. The fact that that McKenny has been so dynamic up front has really, really helped out things. Great box to box right? man. He's defensively responsible. He's a big boy. I think, I think he's, he's bigger. He's, he's bigger than Rabio. He he's got he's got a little more power to him. He's got a little bit more weight in in in, in his legs and his hips. You can, no. you can, yeah, he's bigger. He's bigger. Rabio is a big guy. He's just um, uh, he might I be tall. He might be taller, just, but McKenny's a stockier guy. He he's of a stockier build. I can agree with that. I you know, he, so he 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 he's very defensively useful, but he's been pitching in and attack way more than I thought he would. He's, he, he's been a very he, good box to box option. He reminds me of Marquezio. If Marquezio was just a little bit more like hefty, yeah, right? maybe a little less he's, elegant, he's but similar, yeah, similar, yes. similar areas on the pitch, yes. less elegant. Yeah, I think yes. if you if you drop yes. the creativity aspect and added the more physicality, like where yes. Marquezio had more technical ability, McKenny doesn't have yes. that, but he has a little more physicality. But yes, I see the comparison. Mm-hmm. The fact that we're even making this comparison is bonkers, considering that a lot of people yeah. didn't even know who the hell he was at the start of the year. Again, yes. I, 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 I think, I think most american fans did um i certainly did but there are some you know there are some there are some guys that only follow fucking city and that don't and that don't follow talent in other leagues a lot of people didn't even know who he was imagine that again most modern football fans do kind of follow the global game now but mm-hmm. th- i i still i still think he, i still think he was by no stretch of the imagination a a, a, a you know, a star, a star signing household name in midfield that people were expecting a ton from, certainly not right out the gate. Uh, so, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's hope it continues. I, I, I want to talk about, I mean, speaking of transfers and, and re and recently brought in players, I, I want to really quickly, before we get to Giovanni's questions, I think we'll, we'll kind of gloss over a couple of the rumors that we've heard um, that we've heard kind of rumbling around recently, your takes on some of them, maybe players that you'd like to see um, players that you'd like to see go players that you wouldn't like to see come in. Uh, there's been a lot of a lot of talk of 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 some kind of attacking player coming in, which is funny. Uh, we're talking about how much depth we have in attacking. Yet here we are. Uh, Federico Bernardeschi is apparently being uh, touted as as a player who might leave. Who again, I think he's useful off the bench. I think most almost every team in City, yeah, most teams in the world would like to have him off the bench. And I know a lot of Juve fans would say, "Fuck Federico Bernardeschi coming off the bench, Let's take a chill pill." He's he, it's. I, 
if he's coming off the bench, you're in a good position. I mean, I think that that's a testament to how much fucking depth you have. But I think we can acknowledge, I was talking about it earlier on, he never came into his own uh, to the point that we thought he might. He has some resale value. He's 27 years old, 26 years old, he'll be 27. Uh, you know, so if you're not going to keep him, now would be a good time to get rid of him. There's also some talk that Demi Dow might be uh, used to uh, either secure some funds or um, lure another another signing in. But in the case of Bernadeski, it's interesting because there's been some talk actually that we're going to go sign Papu Gomez in exchange, uh, in exchange for uh, in an exchange for Berna because Papu has fallen out with Giampiero Gasperini. Um, there's been some talk of Memphis Depay as well, even talk of Fabio Quagliarella, which he came out in rubbish today, but a lot of really random players we've been linked to. Fucking even Manzukic today, I was seeing, we uh, we might bring back, um, who I'm sure would love that because he it, it would be it would be vindication for him after after I know he fucking hated Mauricio Sari. One of the funniest things for me, by the way, was after Sari got sacked, the players who liked the post like Emre Chan. Mario Mandzukic, and fuck, I think I'm forgetting the last one. But all that to say, a lot of forwards being linked right now. What do you What do you guys make? Is there anyone that you'd like to see that we have maybe haven't been linked to, or what? Uh, what are you guys thinking? That's a tough one. I mean, I understand the need for a backup striker, strictly a striker, because when Marata's not there, or when he's when he's hurt, or when he's been suspended. Just for a sub, not to start, not to really be like just to have somebody that could come off the bench and be the the backup number nine. I'm fine with it. I don't think we're gonna get a name that's gonna excite anybody. I think it's mostly just because, like, okay, if we need we've thrown on Kulishevsky, we've thrown on Bernadeski, who and we need one more person to come on, like as a striker, who can come in in like the 80th minute and maybe just give us some energy and, and try to head the ball home. Um, I saw, you know, I saw Yorente be mentioned, pass. Been there, done that. Don't no need him. Way. Nah, no way. Yeah. Uh, Quagliarella is actually kind of funny one because, like, I love the guy and he still, like, scores banging goals, like, even at, what is he, 36, 37 now? Like, he'll be 38. Just, he'll be 38 this year. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Wondergoal. Uh, I think that's more of just like a a, a feel good, like, I, I love the guy. Um, DePay is not a, a, a mid transfer window signing. He's a summer signing, like, for a team. I think he'll get, he'll have a lot of att- attention on the open market. And so, I don't think he would come for this window. Uh, Olivier Giroud was one that somebody mentioned. And I think that's the type of player we would need as a backup. Just someone tall and can, you know, smash in the ball. I don't think that's going to happen. I I think we get, I don't think, I think we get no one, honestly. I don't think we're going to get a, if we do, it's going to be a very unexciting signing. Do you think that Bernardeschi is going to get sold in January? He said he doesn't want to go. I heard, but that's the thing. Uh, He he seems, he seems to be holding out. Which good for him. I mean, if he wants to stay and he wants to fight for his place, I mean, no problem. But uh, I, I don't know. What do you think, Matt Joe? I think I hate winter transfer. I think it's just it's just dumb. So doesn't it feel panicky? I mean, no. I just I just think it's dumb. Like as everybody's, you know, Matt said, you know, nobody's gonna like a signing that's done, an immediate signing that's done in in uh, in January because it's it means that you need to repair something. I at this point, if you you want to add adapt, sure, go go get a cheap person, you know, and have him have him be ready and stay warm, but it's not going to excite anyone. To me, winter transfer is to sign young, 
high potential players and then figure out whether you want to loan them or bring them back to home base. That's it. And then I could I I could do without winter transfer. So I'm less interested in bringing in a forward right now. To bring in Papu Gomez would be a weird one, but. I'd be more interested in bringing in like an elite midfielder. There are two guys who we've been linked to recently who I really like. I don't think, I don't think the former move is gonna happen in January because we'd have to pay a transfer fee for a guy who's got an expiring contract. But you know, we're linked to him nonetheless. This is a transfer. There's a little transfer segment we're doing. May as well bring it up, even though he probably wouldn't join till July. Um, it's Ginny Wijnaldum. The other one is Rodrigo Bentancur. Uh, excuse me, uh, Rodrigo De Paul. Rodrigo De Paul mm-hmm. of uh, Udinese. So in the case of Wijnaldum, I really don't think there's any fucking chance he joins us in January because he's got an expired contract in uh, July. But he actually refused a contract from Liverpool the other day. And there have been some rumors that we might be in the running to get him. And as we've seen, I mean, we, we've, we've been great at securing free transfers, particularly from particularly from the Premier League. We did it with Emre Chan. We did it with Aaron Ramsey. We'd be doing it with him again. Um, I take it, some midfield depth. I don't know where he would fit into a two midfield system because we got a few, you know, we, we, we've got a definite fuck ton of players already in that position. But uh, I welcome the talent. Rodrigo, ben, uh, again, I... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. They're they're they're, they're both South they're both South Americans with a very with a very with a very exotic Latin name. I keep confusing De Paul with uh, with Bentancur. But no, Rodrigo De Paul is one who I'd actually really like to see yesterday. I mean, he 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 played so well against us just last just last week. He had that he had that goal that was very unluckily ruled out. I've been wanting to get this guy for probably a year now. He's been, I think, and I think he'll wind up leaving Udinese for the Premier League if he doesn't wind up coming to us. He's a very talented, technical, attacking midfielder, which we don't tend to have. We were linked to Zaniolo in the summer. Obviously, it's not happening right now. He's got the brutal injury that he's nursing again, uh, and that that so that's definitely on the back burner till he recovers. But I think the Powell, though he's a little bit older, plays a very similar role to him. Giovanni, oh, oh sorry. No, 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 no. I was, I was gonna say Giovanni or Matt, um, who, 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 whoever, whoever, whoever's got a burning take, take it away. So uh, I, Matt's chomping at the bit here. Yeah, I just say Depau is definitely the player, the type of player that Juve goes and gets. Like he plays for Udinese, he's established himself that he's good. He's played well against Juve. Like this is the type of player that Juve goes out and gets. I, whether we do it or not, I, I really hope they do. I like him a lot. I think he's he would fit the squad very well. It's going to be can does Udinese get better get bigger bids for him because I do think there's going to be a, an arms race for him. Mm-hmm. Well, Liverpool are actually, funnily enough, uh, looking to get him. Particular, and I and I think the reason why they might be doing that is, ironically, uh, so there might be some dominoes here. But the reason, excuse me, so some dominoes to fall, some 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 some. Uh, the, the, there may be a few cards that have to get revealed. I think, but but a reason why Liverpool maybe wanted to sign him is because they're expecting to lose Ginny Wijnaldum. So. Uh, I think I totally butchered that expression. I believe it is that there are more dominoes yet to fall, but <laughs> there, there, there are, but again, there's a little interconnectedness here. Um, interesting to see what happens, but I think that getting a guy like DePaul is very important because when you're the top team in a league like Bayern is, like Juve is, like PSG is, you've got to go and get the best talent from within your own league and Bayern does it best. Nobody does it like Bayern. Giovanni, I know you agree. I know you fucking love the Bayern model. Well, we did it with Geza. If we got it, you know, if, if we got a guy like DePaul, I think that'd be another good signing because he's someone that you know knows the league. Um, yeah, I think I, I think that's a very often overlooked in 
the media, you know, on, on Twitter and on social media, I should say. So an often overlooked asset is knowing what you're getting out of a guy uh, from, uh, from the get-go. Giovanni, who's chilling on, who's chilling on you? So uh, you guys, uh, you guys were talking transfers. So I wasn't listening. I mean, I look. I'll be honest. Like, are I, you, are I, you, are you that, are you that, are you that vehemently opposed I, to, to January just, transfers? Just, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> you don't even want to engage in the, in, the, in the conversation. It's a podcast. No, I got you. But look, I'll tell you this. I again, I, I, I stand by what I said a few minutes earlier. If you're if you're shopping to sign somebody now then it means that you are in trouble and that your planning last year wasn't done properly. I don't think that's the case with Juventus. And January should be done for preemptive free agent signings in the summer, like we've done every year, with Ramsey, Llorente, Kedira, and Emre Chan at the time, and Pogba, long, long time ago, or to get young, talented players like the Kuluzevsky or the Romeros. That's it. And then what happens in the summer happens in the summer. We've got plenty of time to discuss that. But otherwise, I don't, you know, I really don't have very strong opinions, honestly. And your, your confidence in the current squad is infectious. It is infectious. I could tell you're, you're, you're chomping at the bit to get to the, uh, to the questions that, that so many oh, sure. have, been, have been so, 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 yeah, it's uh, been a while. So kindly directing your way over the past couple of days. Uh, the Giovanotti, as we refer to them, have, uh, have been, have been begging for, uh, begging for some insight. Why don't you fill us in? Let, let's, so, what, what are you yeah. going to do if there's a, what if you, what are you going to do if there's a question about transfers? You're going to go back on mute and just, no, I mean, I'll and, and just, you. Answer, just, just veto. You, you answer everything, but you know I'll give my same answer. Um, all right, so let's kick it off. So we have one from Niket. says, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. After the fantastic victory against Milan, we're going in the right direction. Do you guys think Pirlo's ability to field competitive teams has gotten better as he, as he gained experience? Yes, I think so. Um, it's been a combination of just him getting gaining experience, but also having the opportunity to work extended period of time with the team, and also of him taking risks, and which resulted with, with some very stupid decisions, like you know the ones that led to a few of the draws. But you know, as I said, we're still in a position where we're not out of it. So overall, yes, he's he's he's. He's improved from you know from that aspect. So I mean, I'll leave it up to you guys if you guys have any additional opinions. I, I don't I don't disagree, Matt. Do you have any Do you have anything you wanna you wanna add? Yeah, I, I think that the one thing that people keep that I at least don't remind myself of is that shortened off season didn't have a lot of time to really prep with the team, get, get the pre summer tours going where you you know you go play in the U.S. or China or wherever. So yeah, he came into a team first time coaching and then took it over and had to start you know within a couple of weeks on in Serie A. So yeah, it's going to take some time. And um, we haven't won the Scudetto, obviously we still have a long way to go, but obviously we're, I'm happy where we're going. Giovanni, what's, uh, uh, yeah. what's, uh, what's next? Who's next? Let's okay, go. So we're, next we're rocking one, and rolling. Right. We're rocking and rolling here. Um, next one's from Anuj Rai. Um, happy new year. Happy new year to you. 
At the end of the season, <laughs> what results would ensure Pirlo's spot as the manager next season? Um, I think he stays overall, unless there's some like atomic meltdown of the team where we lose more more games than we win between now and the end of the season. Uh, he's not getting fired. They're very, there's a ton of confidence behind them, and he's got the backing of Agnelli. This is an Agnelli decision. It's not a Paratici decision. It's not an Edward decision. This is Agnelli. So, it's a very brand-conscious you know. one, too, which is why I think I agree with you. But you know, things things could get real bad. I mean, I don't think they will. I hope they don't. I don't think, and I really don't think it's not that I don't think it's possible, but I really don't think it's likely. But I mean, you know, I don't know. Drop drop out of the Europa League spots. Fuck, maybe, maybe, maybe it'll get to that point. Considering he has everything at his disposal to have done better, but uh, I, I agree, very unlikely he he winds up leaving because again, it's it's a very brand conscious move. Yeah. Anything? Yeah. If I guess if they crash out against Porto and don't make the Champions League and there was another coach available that they were really excited about, maybe, but I I yeah, I, I think they want to keep him around. I don't I don't know. The pr- the problem is I don't know who that coach would be. Like like it's like it's it's, it's he'd be the th- in theory that would be the third coach in 3 years. So Yeah. he'd have to cataclysmically fuck up. Yeah. And you know, knock on wood. Hopefully, we won't, we won't see that happen. Um, okay. I'll just knock Next on my own, one. my own, my own, uh, my own hard calibrated skull. Um, Yogi at Yogi House, your go-to lineup against a big team. Everyone's healthy. Want a note of formation and all. Also, who has been the most consistent midfielder this year so far? And we spent a few minutes saying um, mechanic. To me, mechanic whoa, 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 has whoa, whoa. been the most. Whoa, 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 whoa! Yogi's gonna ask two questions in one tweet, and he's not gonna say Happy New Year like the first two guys. What the fuck, <laughs> Yogi? You know. Come on! He gets right down to business. He's like, nah, let's just let's go." All right. Yeah, no, he's, he's yeah, right man, he's ready to go. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, to me, McKenny has been the most consistent. It's gonna be between McKenny and Ramsey. I think those are the two of them have been the most consistent midfielders and the most reliable. So, why don't I'll I'll let I'll let you know what I'll I'll let you and Matt hash it out for the starting eleven and formation, and we'll just we're not going to give three of them here. Let's just get I'll let you two give the one, and I'll 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 put my good faith in you guys to come up with 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 a with a lineup that I relatively agree with. I think there's a few lineups that are of equal strength, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, a, a, a lot of lineups that you guys see on TV show like a four-four-two. I think that's just horseshit because that's not how it, they're actually move uh, on the field. But I would say Chesney and um, and goal, and then you have the Danilo, Delict, uh, Bonucci. Although. Yeah, I'd say Bonucci simply because I think you can't you you can't do without his you know his his long ball and delete has not gotten to the point where where he can do that. And I don't think his foot's that refined yet, but I think he's potentially the guy that can do that at some point in his career because uh, he's smart. Um, you know, alternatively, if not, if not Bonucci, I say then Demiral, right? Then 
At, on the right, I put Quadrado. Of course. Um, on the left, I put Alexandro. In the midfield, I put Rabiot, McKenney, Ramsey in the hole behind Morata and Ronaldo. And I say that because this provides the most balance, you know, but it, but having McKennie and Ramsey in at the same time, to me, you run the risk of, of, of not allowing McKennie to surge up front or when he does surge up front, there's, there's a big hole in the back because Rabiot will be alone. But I screw it. That's no balls, no babies. That's my information. There you go. That, that's I think so. My, my my go to line has become no is excuse me has become low hanging fruit, and yours has become no balls, no babies. And you've said that yeah, a couple so, of times. You even you even said it on I think you even said it on on when you appeared on on the on the cultural pod a couple of weeks ago. You've been saying it for I like that man. No balls, no babies. Matt, do you do you have so so so? By the way, Joe, that, that's that's your new catchphrase. You 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 got it. We got it. We got to like sneak that in at least once an episode now. It's uh it's it's in your, it's in your contract now. I run the shit now. All I decide. Right. I decide. I decide. I decide. What the fuck you have to say, uh, Matt? Do you have any? Do you have any uh, just wild contradictions that you might like to bring up uh, from what Giovanni said in your starting eleven? You don't have to give your whole fucking lineup, but are there any yeah. changes you would make? No, so I like Giovanni's uh, thought behind it being the most balanced. But like, if you want me to talk about like the one that was going to get me the most excited, then I need, I think I need a tour in there over. And I, I don't think I can have. So I think, I think it's going to, ha- I think I want to get a tour in there if I'm going to get really excited. The problem is mm-hmm. that means Ramsey probably comes out. And at this, at this moment, I can't take Ramsey out. So I, I don't disagree with mo- most of what, what Giovanni said is probably the, the lineup I would go with. Um, but I, I'd like to see Artur get more involved because I think what we saw in the ben, in the Barcelona game is is the midfield that I of like my dreams where there's a little more dynamic and um, he, he showed he could be really good in that position. But yeah, uh, and then Chiesa is the other one. I have to get him involved, so I'd probably take Sandro out and put Chiesa in because just he's playing really really well, and that's obviously going to cause a lot of issues on the defense. So like they're going to have to be more of like a blob. It's going to. The problem, the problem with that is be, is that um, you will notice that Kiesa's performed better when he started from the right-hand side, just naturally like that. And it makes it, if you flip-flop Juan Cuadrado, he, it, makes it, it, it makes it hard, in my opinion, for you to take advantage of Juan Cuadrado's biggest skill this year, which has been providing assets. So... That's the only thing. So it, 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 and so let's put it this way. Let's say because the question was starting formation, and, and I'm not saying, sorry, Matt, I'm not to, to cut you off. Like, I'm not saying oh, that, that that's a bad, bad decision. I think, you know, everybody, you make your own choice. But let me add, add some additional color to why I, I, I gave the starting formation. I think the starting formation that I gave is the most balanced simply because you, you know, come at this, you know, towards the end of the game, you have two scenarios. Either you're winning and you want to go, you know, kill the game, and you throw in Kuluzewski, you throw in Keza, you throw in Bernardes, you throw in Dybala, and you can just reshuffle your, your, your front attack however you want, and there's not going to be that many issues. Or 
you know, you're, you're behind and you need to go catch that game and you can do the same. And that's why I, I left these guys out because I think they provide you a lot more variability and they're more high impact coming off from the bench. So that's fair. So, so for, so for me, I don't disagree with much of what you said, but for me, Dybala is not a guy that you just bring off the bench. I know that it's weird. Where the hell does he fit in? Does he, does he, you know, does he monopolize the one central position in the year of Morata? No, certainly not. Morata's got um, the height and that classic poaching uh, tendency that you want out of a guy like him. Do you put him out on the right wing or he's not really a classic right winger uh, in that he's not super explosive dynamic? I, you know, I don't know, but He's, he's had a decent amount of success there. I, I so for me, for me, I think that in midfield, it's the one position which is maybe maybe this is part of the problem. We've got a little more in depth to this to this whole to this whole midfield shtick of ours than 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 we have in recent pods. But I, I actually think that a reason why we're not totally sold on any one guys yet is because. There isn't one guy who's who's necessarily. I, I will say I will say McKen, McKenny's actually been very impressive, and I think most people, as a result, would probably agree that he has to he 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 has to start most games. I think that's fair, although he's done pretty well off the bench in a lot of cases. But overall, I think that a lot of the midfielders that we have that play in that central two role are interchangeable right now. Rabio, Arthur, Bentancur, Ramsey. I don't feel that strongly about any of them. So I know that it's it's a cop out, you know, because I, we're being asked to name a starting eleven that we feel the strongest. But I, I really feel indifferent about it. I don't know that it's. I don't know. I don't know that if we, you know, went out and got somebody who is maybe a world class midfielder. However, you would define that these days. You know, some people might define our midfield as being world class. Some would say that I don't know. Fucking Kevin De Bruyne is a world class midfielder, yeah, for example. Like- you know, I don't know, but but. Matt, you, you you seem to agree with me. Like I, I think there's, I think they're they're super interchangeable. So I'll, I'll actually I'll actually kind of leave those up to. I'll, I won't disagree with you guys. The one thing I would say is if we're gonna roll with the three four three, or the three four one two whatever, um, if we're gonna follow Pirlo's ideas, then I wouldn't have Danilo and Cuadrado play at the same time. I would have a back three of Danilo. Delict and Bonucci, like you said, Giovanni. Uh, and I would have Alexandro as my left wing back, but I would do it with the asterisk that they'll probably revert to a four back where Sandro drops in and Danilo pushes out a little bit um, as a as the right back when defending. And I would swap Cuadrado with Chiesa because I believe he has more to offer when going forward. Uh, so then, you know, you, I can agree. You've got Ramsey in the hole. I think though. So the the one difference for me is I would also consider throwing DiBala in in lieu of Ramsey, which then I think creates the biggest gap. You got four fucking attacking players, which we have seen a couple times before. We have seen it a couple times before, but I'm not convinced that it works. I was literally rave. I was literally ranting about how I think that's 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 a major issue and it leaves the midfielders exposed. But in terms of who the best man for man talent you know talent wise opportunities to to to, to create shit um individually you know i i think that dibala has to go uh, in for the attacking you know in instead of the attacking midfielder either as an attacking look, midfielder or maybe kind of drift out right it's a case it's a case you can make a case i i mean i think sam yeah, I think, you're young yeah. how, Matt, how old are you quick question 31 
Uh, Sam, you're, you're, you might be too young, but I don't know if any of you guys have seen Eddie Murphy's Raw sketch from the 80s. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, may be, I may be young, but what, I have lived. I have, of course, what, I've seen Raw. Come on. What have you done for me lately? And that's what I asked. What have you done for me lately, Dibala? So, Dibala, Plus, you're going yeah, to goals your ass and you're going to sit your ass on the bench for Mr. Ramsey until you start stringing along these performances. How many more does he need? Then, he's got he's got two good two good two good games in a row. Okay, fine. That's not a lot of sample size. NBA How many more? Jam, How many more in a row? The game, the old game, NBA Jam. You get three scores in a row, then you're on fire. Put three games in a row, Dybala. So what and you're saying is start, this weekend? He's, he's, he's going to, yeah, it's, he's supposed to start against a swallow, which I think is a good idea. Remember when Bernadeschi had that kind of okay game where he was going to get good, and you're like, oh, man. and I was like, hey, next game, Pierre will start him again, and he started him again, and he had a really good game. That's to me. You see, you start building this consistency and that confidence in the player. But I want to see Dybala against a swallow performing. I want like take charge. Don't. Solve this issue that you have in here, in okay. your head. And then once, at that point, then you can consider whether you want to take the risk of jamming Dybala, Ronaldo, and Morata together. Yeah. Because that's that's a different story, right? So we can say, oh, well, I would prefer potentially that Dybala is more offensive than Ramsey, blah, 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 blah. Yes. Real life, somebody needs to go track back and do the, do, do the shit job. So you tell me. You've made your case. As well said. One more question. The last question. And it's, it is transfer related. Um, but it's what are you going to do? Are you going to, you're just going to. No, 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 I'll take it. I said, no, I'll throw take it out. it. You're no, going to bite your is, lip? No, but it's not, it's not recent transfer rumors. It's just philosophically, you know, it's an open question. Let's call it like that. It's from okay. AJ. Fino and la fine 282. And no happy new year from him, but I'll, I will say happy new year to you, AJ, from us. And uh, <laughs> would you sacrifice Demiral to get Pogba? So this is a yes or I no mean, one. I so mean, this is, this is easy. This should be easy. Uh, how about we do, how about, how about, I mean, it's, it's a yes with a reason. So okay. Trying, okay. Oh, hang, no, hang on. Hang on. So I'm you're not yes. Say, you're yes. No, hold on. You're, we'll we'll, we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. Let's all just say yes or no. Yes yeah. or no. Would you do it? Yes. yes, or no? yes. Matt, would you do it? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. I'm also yes. Three yeses. You're going through to the next round. <laughs> Fucking A. Paul Pogba is going, is going yeah. through. He's got a, he's got a, it's, it's not a golden yes. buzzer, but it's three yeses. Okay. Uh, Giovanni, yes. why? Um, but because if I'm Paratici, I close my eye and I go back to Atalanta and I, you know, I pay them a, a premium to just bring back Romero. If, because if Demiral is going to be unhappy and you know that you can get Pogba back without having to shell out any money, which is big in, in these COVID times, and you can go maybe do some long-term, you know, amortized payment deal with Atalanta where you maybe give them some young gains and then you take back Romero and give them five men and whatever. Romero basically, is basically what we're doing anyway. <laughs> and then Romero has been a consistent defender. He's, you know, again, I, to, to me, he's, he's a high potential player as well. And he's been one of the most consistent defenders in Atalanta. 
and we're playing with a three back. So, uh, you know, that's that's if, if Demi Rama is the key to getting Pogba clean and neat, cash and carry. Ciao, Demi Rama. No problem. Yeah, I think that's yeah. almost too that's good. I, that's almost too good. It like. Obviously, that's not a direct swap. That would be a would you sell him and then buy the other at a higher price? But however, it's facilitated by the however fact. Right. Let's be clear. I, 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 this isn't a direct swap anyone's talking about. But uh, yeah, Matt, why would you? Why would you? Uh, why would you sacrifice Demiral if it meant we yeah. could go out and get a guy like Pope Pope? But I mean, I love Demiral. I think he's got great potential, and I, I love the way he plays. I am. You know, if we didn't have Delict, this is a whole different conversation because, like, I do think Demiral has, but we have Delict, who's going to be the pillar of that defense for the for the future. I'm also a little concerned about Demiral's health injuries issues. He's been he's now had multiple injury scares and multiple long term misses. The biggest thing for me is the Pogba's ability to dictate from the midfield, but also shoot from outside the box. We do not have. If you look at the midfielders' uh, shots per game. I think Bettencourt is averaging a shot every other game. Same with Rabiot. And I think if you have a midfielder who can who can stretch the defense, make them have to come out against against you a little bit more, that would unlock Juve to the next. I think that would take Juve mm. to the next level. And stat I think guy. that's you're, I'm a little bit of a stack guy. I, I'm a little bit of a data nerd. So uh, side note, <laughs> I agree with you. Dan. I thank you that you bring up because so I like you know you know. The stats don't lie, yeah, if you interpret them well, right? And to me, it's been, I just don't understand. I watched the game, and that's the other thing that has not changed now and that is very frustrating to me, is these, these guys cannot do, not that they cannot, but they won't take a shot from outside the box. I, mean, like, I don't like, No balls, no babies. Get it. No balls, no babies. I don't, I don't get it. Well, well hey, your, your boy Quadrado, your boy Quadrado up, takes shots. Like, your boy Quadrado will sky a couple of shots from, from outside the box sometimes. Okay, and, but, you know, but why, then so. why isn't, Benton Cruz, he's a terrible shot. Like if he were, I, 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 I haven't played the soccer video games in forever. But I, I wonder if his shot is like a forty out of a hundred, like because he doesn't, he doesn't shoot. He's not even when he does shoot, it's like. Pirlo, Pirlo, Vidal, Marquisio, Pjanic all shot outside the box. These are all guys who've had no. to me, Rabiot has got a good shot. He doesn't use it much. Never use it. He doesn't use it much. I, I, I don't know. They got some, please, some God, but please, somebody wake up and start shooting from outside. I don't know. It's like, and I'm not saying don't do it all the time. But once in a while, you can, you guys are smart enough to make, yeah, to make decision making like, Quadrado, you're free. Very good. One defender, move, put it in there, take the decision. Take the decision. <laughs> That's it. Oh um, God. I think I think there's a big there's a big little opportunity coming up for 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 Demiral in the next week though nice nice little yes nice little opportunity for him be, because yeah, we've got Demiral can hey, say I'm, I'm sad well but, but look but look play. the the lick the lick test deposit for COVID today you alluded to it you alluded to it just now Quadrado is not going to be back yet um so so you know Kellini's out. Uh, in steps, in steps, Medi Demiral against his, you know, his 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 former side, Sassuolo. Uh, let's have it. Let's see what the hell he could do from a start, you know, from the start. 
that'd be great. Um, I, I would be a little concerned of, of, of a little COVID outbreak within the squad because what seems to be happening is like one after the other are just slowly fucking dropping as, 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 as they're all like quietly incubating. That's the one thing I'd be, I'd be a little concerned about, but as far as we know right now, um, he'll be there. He'll be, he'll, he'll probably be in the starting lineup on Sunday against Oswaldo. So that's, uh, that's really exciting. And he could, he could, uh, you know, he could make a case for why he doesn't think he should be sold. So uh, I'm all for, I'm all for it. I mean, okay. here's you know, the thing. I don't think he should be sold. I don't think, if, 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 I mean, in I, an ideal I, world, keeping no. him and getting Pogba, but it's, you know, here's the thing. If you don't, if you're, you're not happy and you want to go somewhere else, I, you know, we'll accommodate By on means. our own terms. Um, anyways, but I think we're, I think we're at, the point we're this was this was a good pod man matt thanks for uh thanks for fucking joining us man welcome yeah. back this is a you're a great addition solid stack guy bringing stats to the first to the first podcast he he, he knows what the hell he's talking about he's uh he's got he's got he's got a someone once referred to me as as having an irresistible accent i think it, I, I guess everyone has an accent but i never viewed mine as being that that distinct i mean we we we, we got we got some we got some smooth bostonian um we got some yes. some some smooth boss. Yes, what's, what's you have what's, to you have to sign off. You have to sign off officially with Wicked Lot of Fat. No, 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 no. Say hello to your mother for me. <laughs> say hello to your mother for me. Yeah! Yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! Oh my god, because from the beginning I was just hearing it and in my head I was um, just laughing. Oh my god. And honestly please, though, I do love that skit. That skit cracks me up all the time with the Oh with my the god, so good. So good. So good. Uh, for god. those who don't know what we're talking about, it's the SNL uh Andy Sandberg Mock Wahlberg impression. Every sign off is say hello to your mother for me. Yes. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> um, so good. What, what's that? Oh man, what's what's that? Oh my, what's what's that neighborhood in Boston? It's my favorite fucking neighborhood when they pronounce Southie. it. Southie. No, Dorchester. Dorchester. So I have like. How about how about Dorchester? Can we meet in Dorchester? Dorchester, the dot as they call it around here. Gloucester, Gloucester. Yeah, I love it. Um, so, so uh, welcome, welcome aboard, or welcome back, man. I would, I would, uh, I would quote Paul Sorvino in Goodfellas and say, "Oh, you broke your cherry," but um, this is just, this is just a long overdue return, is what this is. So, uh, so again, welcome back. We'll get, uh, we'll get the results of that poll up for next podcast. Again, yes, please, the poll. Don't forget. I'm very curious, and the listeners and participate. We like to, you know, next time, you know. I hope someone gets. We'll, we'll have a though. chat. I hope someone gets blown out of the water. Just yes, we want really overwhelming. I'm happy if it's me. I just want I want it to be fucking overwhelming. <laughs> exactly. We want the we want the win or the defeat to be overwhelming. I don't so. want no pussy 50, 54 to forty six shit. I don't want that. I want I want I want at least seventy percent <laughs> possession is what I want. All right, excuse me. I want at least I want I want at least I want at least sixty some odd percent possession. That would anyway. Um. So so yeah, listeners. At Juve Podcast on Twitter, at Turin Giants on Twitter and on Instagram. Check us out, TurinGiants.com. Check out our apparel line. Very happy to be offering you uh, a, a, a slew of, 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 of beautiful uh, pieces of streetwear right now. We've got uh, Farhad. Farhad's got El Principino and El Pinturicchio uh, t-shirts, which, which, which are, are just 
glorious. Buy them a little oversized is my recommendation. They are they are absolutely incredible. TurinGiants.com is the place to go. Uh, now, let's hope that we can keep the momentum rolling the next week. Listeners, thanks for bearing with us. Uh, a big uh, hug and a big happy new year from all of us and from Farhad. Till next time, Forza Juve. Take it easy. And? Fairly mother farming. Ciao. Yes. <laughs> Ciao.